0: Hello, everyone. My name is Jacob Emerson. I'm an associate news director with Becker's Hospital Review. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Becker's Healthcare Podcast series. Today, I'm very pleased to be joined by Roger Batniji, who is the CEO and co-founder of Waymark. He's here with me today to discuss where he believes there's still a great amount of opportunity to create innovation within the Medicaid program. So, Dr. Batniji, thank you so much for taking the time to be with us today on the podcast.
1: My pleasure to be here. Thank you, Jacob.
0: So, Roger, can you tell us a little bit about why did you start Waymark, and then what what exactly do you do there, and what's your background in healthcare?
1: Sure. Well, uh, maybe I'll approach those in in, uh, in in inverse order. So, my my background in healthcare, you know, I uh, I trained as a physician. Um, I had done my PhD in um, international relations, actually focused on how we pay for healthcare in in low income settings around the world. Um, And I had briefly, you know, gone into academics so that I could really do research to try to advance healthcare access in in the lowest income settings. And, um, you know, I realized, you know, for me personally, I, I was much more, I think, animated and energized by, you know, being the creator of change, um, you know, rather than, than being, you know, a scholar that that writes about it. And I probably wasn't going to be the world's best academic. And so I, 10 years ago stepped out of academia um to start my first company um collective health and you know with with co-founders And there obviously the 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 challenge that we took on was you know healthcare payments infrastructure and 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 the administrative side i think my intention was we were going to take on medicare medicaid employer um and built a really good business focused on employer um but you know didn't didn't get into medicaid and uh and and for me you know my clinical work my passion's always been in underserved health care and um you know I, I really felt like you know with so much of the creativity so much of the capital being directed i think largely at employer and and medicare especially medicare advantage i felt like there was an opportunity and frankly a need from both a health equity perspective as, as well as, as, as uh, you know, again, a, a massive opportunity in terms of just unaddressed clinical, um, clinical need to, to bring new solutions to Medicaid care delivery that would you know, help enable physicians and improve outcomes in Medicaid. So, you know, I'll, I'll pause there. I'm, I'm happy to go into kind of, you know, what we do and the thesis behind Waymark uh, as well. Sure, absolutely. And
0: it's so interesting to hear you talk about this, a new way to deliver clinical care in Medicaid. I think before we go any further, Raj, I think it might be helpful. You know, there's this. Obviously, our payer podcast, but there's a lot of people listening who might not know exactly how Medicaid is structured in the U.S. Um, How how does it get filtered down from CMS to the states, and then how do the states typically divvy it up
1: as well? Yeah, that's a that's a great question. So, um, you know, Medicaid is, is really a state program. There is federal funding that covers, you know, a portion of, of the state budget, a, a meaningful portion, especially in expansion states. Um, but the program design um, and program administration um, is, is often really at the state level. Now, now there is some variation state to state, but in general, you know, Medicaid programs have a lot of commonalities in terms of, you know, who they cover, um, you know, based on a certain, you know, threshold level of, of income, um, and then, you know, the, 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 a lot of the rules around coverage do have consistency from, from state to state. I think, you know, what has, has differed is the procurement process and the management. Now, um, about 70% of Medicaid dollars nationally are spent under Medicaid managed care. Um, and that's an important distinction because Medicaid managed care is to Medicaid what Medicare Advantage is to Medicare, And so under Medicaid managed care, which is where Waymark focuses, insurance companies are basically taking the risk from the states and in a position where they manage that risk. And that's where Waymark comes in to help both payers and providers in managing that risk and delivering care.
0: Yeah. And it's so interesting. And I think a lot of people don't realize that, that 70% of of most of the state Medicaid programs have been outsourced to these private insurance companies. Um, But but you and I were talking recently about there's an article out in Health Affairs last month in February, and it was discussing about, you know, the, the government spends a lot more on Medicaid than it does on Medicare Advantage. It's $734 billion on Medicaid in 2021, and that's compared to $427 billion on Medicare Advantage last year. But but the flip side of that is that in terms of venture funding for for these startups focused on these programs, Top ten Medicare Advantage startups have raised more than twenty billion dollars in outside capital, but then top ten Medicaid startups, which Waymark is on that list, it's only one and a half billion. So, what's behind those numbers?
1: Uh, it, it's nothing rational that's behind those numbers. That disparity in funding for you know Medicaid-focused companies just you know does not exist for a rational reason. I think. Look, the, the reasons um, that I think investors and maybe, you know, companies have shied away from Medicaid are, are you know, many. I'll, I'll start by, by thinking about a, a couple of the ones that, that jump out, right? I mean, I think the most common reason is that the margins are lower in Medicaid than they are in Medicare, and that's true. You know, I think the, the some of the latest data on this is, is basically it's, you know, the margins in Medicare Advantage are, you know, often, you know, almost – almost, you know, double what they are in, in Medicaid. Some, some have argued, I think there's a lot of variation in those numbers. Um, but that's, you know, offset by the fact that you talked about this, that the, 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 the total enrollment in managed Medicaid is more than double Medicare Advantage. It's 54 million to, you know, about 24 million, roughly a little, a little bit more than that. Um, and, you know, there's, there's a lot less you know, market density among the, the top insurers in managed Medicaid than there is in Medicare Advantage. So I think more opportunity for new entrants and, and partnership. Um, but, you know, there, there are some things that, you know, probably make managed Medicaid actually more attractive, right? Both the, the lack of market concentration, you've got, you know, tremendous open space and clinical need you still have if you can find the model that works within the margins of medicaid which by the way we have to design and have to create um and that's what we've done at waymark you've got a tremendous opportunity for expansion within managed medicaid i mean the fact that there aren't that many companies pursuing solutions here means that the opportunity for 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 delivering those solutions at massive scale is there in a way that it's just simply not in medicare advantage Yeah. And, you know, I I hear you say that, that you're, that there
0: is more opportunity here, maybe because of less of a market penetration from startups. So, you know, you're, you're one of the companies that has pulled in venture capital last year um, for Waymark. So when you're, when you're speaking to investors and selling them as on this idea, what are you telling them in terms of where Medicaid managed care can outperform Medicare advantage in terms of innovation and where there are specific opportunities for them?
1: Yeah, I mean, our, our thesis at Waymark is really simple, and it has less to do about kind of comparing ourselves to Medicare Advantage and more to do with the massive need and the relative simplicity of the solutions that can be created and the technology that can actually make those solutions that were previously impossible possible. And so if you look at the data, you could see that the r- real reason that we're not optimizing Medicaid care delivery is no one's ever built a care delivery system designed for Medicaid. Um, You you know, you think about what's needed and you look at what's proven. It's really models that um, are collaborative with primary care providers, models that um, meet patients where they are in the community. You look at the data, you see 20, 30 plus percent cost reductions. You see very sharp improvements in um, reducing readmissions. Um, You know, when one one of the models that we're basing, you know, our our pathways on um, for high risk moms, you see. You know, cutting NICU admissions almost in half. The, the data for these are so overwhelming that if, you know, these types of interventions were, you know, pills or pharmaceuticals, like it'd be malpractice not to give them. And then we ask, why aren't these things being done? And I think they're not being done for really two reasons. One, they're not paid for into fee for service. So we need to break out of that and move to a risk model. Um, but if that were all that were required, somebody would have done it already. I think the, more fundamental or foundational reason why these things aren't being done is they're really hard to do and so if you look at what works in medicaid care delivery what works has usually been led by like a local hero somebody who has found grant funding for a program hired and trained a team implemented a community-based care model figured out how to collaborate with close closed loop with primary care providers no one's ever built the software product the technology product that makes it possible to replicate this community after community to meet the the clinical needs. Um, And that's what we're doing. We're not recreating the healthcare system. We're not trying to build a new payer. We're trying to make the existing system work better for patients in in the communities that we serve. Um, So we augment the existing health systems and FQHCs that are caring for Medicaid patients, allowing them to really deliver community-based care, um, allowing them to make this easy for their primary care providers so that their PCPs actually have a, a partner um, that makes makes it possible to deliver the proven interventions, and for from Medicaid managed care organizations, you know, we're a extension of them that closes the loop with PCPs that exist in the community, um, and so our approach is very much to do this in partnership, which means that we can, I think, grow and scale much faster, um, but also. Um, do this in a really capital efficient way by, by taking advantage of the resources that already exist within these communities and then harnessing those resources toward this common goal of improving care through community.
0: Yeah and you know okay so you're, you're describing this as an extension of the managed care plans that are already there on the ground to, to build these new community-based clinical care models. Um, so, so then on the ground you know in, you've got this partnership with Aetna that started this this year in Virginia. How does that actually work? I mean, what are patients seeing when they're interacting with their with with their with their care?
1: That's a great question. And so, you know, for for um, it, and it's not just a, a partnership with the the payer in this case Aetna, It's also partnerships with the providers. And so, in Virginia, we're working with um, a few of the largest you know health systems in the in the state. And so. Um, we partner with their provider so that we're reaching out to patients, um, especially those patients that maybe haven't been coming to the clinic at all, um, who have been lost to care, who have significant care gaps. Um, we identify those patients using um, uh, Waymark Signal, which is our rising risk algorithm. Now, those patients that are already high risk and plugged into care, of course, we're there to support them um, but I think the real need and the real opportunity is for those patients that are rising in risk and haven't been plugged into care. And that's where we actually put our initial outreach focus. And so um, through what we built, we were able to identify with a you know really high predictive value, higher, higher um, and this is one of the main distinguishing factors of what we do, you know, those those individuals whom we think we can we can best serve. Um, and so we reach out with our team through you know, obviously t- telephon telephonically, but also more importantly, I think in the community, um, knocking on their door, meeting them at the shelter or, or the food bank, um, meeting them, you know, where they are so that we can say, hey, we're Waymark. Um, we're working with your health plan, but we're also working with your provider. And this is who we are. And this is how we can help you. We can help you by accompanying you to your appointments. We can help you by, you know, getting you in to schedule an appointment. We can remind you of um, you know, important gaps. Maybe you've got diabetes that you, you have been following up on, and, and we can bring you in to get your foot exam, or um, we can bring you in to make sure you're refilling your medications. Um, and so it's that local touch from the community with people that they, they trust, um, who, you know, know their neighborhood, um, who, who, who probably know their, their own social network and their peer group. Um, and that's exactly what we do Um, to really improve outcomes. Now, that would be impossible if it weren't for the technology that we've created, both to identify those that are of rising risk, um, but also so that we can create a net new healthcare workforce. Um, You know, there isn't a a large cadre of community health workers um, in these communities that we're entering. And so we're taking, you know, people on our team um, that used to be teachers who used to work in retail, um, and we put them through Waymark's training and then they can use our, our product um, called Lighthouse so that they know who to reach out to, what to recommend, what to recommend next, so that effectively we can help this you know, relatively new community health workforce operate with pattern matching and uh, recognition of somebody with you know, years more of experience. And so that's really what we're doing is creating a net new workforce, enabling that workforce, and using it to really amplify the the impact of of our healthcare delivery system, um, and for us that that's just the most exciting thing.
0: Yeah, I mean it's exciting to hear you listen or to hear you talk about this, and it's so so interesting that you're bringing in these people who might not have even had backgrounds in healthcare, but are now going deeper into these communities than than maybe providers and payers, traditional ones could have. Um, so 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 interesting to hear you talk about this, Raja. and I just want to thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today and really explaining and taking us through what Waymark is achieving um, on the ground in these communities.
1: Yeah, thank you, Jacob. And uh, you know, we're 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 eager and uh, we're we're measuring the impact of what we do. And it's you know nothing excites our team more than um, you know every every week we start our team all hands meeting uh, with a story of a patient who we've impacted, and um, you know seeing that impact is is meaningful and. We're doing it on the ground in Virginia, we're doing it in Washington, we're expanding into some other, other states as well now. And um, you know, our, our goal is really to make this a, a universal care model that can be accessible to all so that we can improve, improve outcomes for the patient to who, whom we can best serve.
0: Fantastic to hear, we'll certainly be following up on expansions as, as they are publicly announced, but Rajay, thank you. We really appreciate you taking the time. For all our listeners, you can tune into more podcasts from Becker's Healthcare by visiting our podcast page at beckershospitalreview.com podcasts.